0: Hello, and welcome to Boston Private Perspective. I'm Jen Dowd, Marketing Director, and as part of our continued commitment to keep our clients informed on current events and perspective on how to consider a potential impact to your wealth and goals, today I'm joined by Kathleen Keneally, our Director of Financial Planning and Senior Wealth Advisor here at Boston Private. Um, she's here to lend her expertise to cover a topic she's been spending time with many of our clients uh, talking to on how to prepare for a crisis. Uh, Hi, Kathleen. Hi, Jen, thanks for having me today. Yeah, so Kathleen, could you start by giving everyone out there a frame of reference for how they can think of the term crisis?
1: Sure, Um, so as we've all witnessed firsthand over the last couple of months, life can throw us some unexpected curveballs that we're not expecting and we're not prepared for. Uh, For the world right now, we're all reacting to the outbreak and spread of COVID-19. So one of the lessons we can learn from this crisis in particular is to expect the unexpected and, and to really plan accordingly. As a financial planner, I tend to take a really conservative approach in working with my clients. And while I want to help them reach their goals and achieve them, I really always caution that it is prudent to, you know, hope for the best but plan for the worst. While this approach may sound somewhat pessimistic, I think it's in line with the idea that there are certain things in life we cannot control and that we cannot always see coming. So it's important to be prepared for the different surprises
0: and crises that can come our way. So from a financial perspective, uh, what things can, can we do?
1: From a financial perspective, there are a number of steps we can take to make sure that we are prepared for potential disasters that might strike, whether it's an unexpected job loss or an unanticipated expense or an unfortunate accident that results in injury or death to ourselves or others. The best place to start is by making sure you have an emergency fund in place, and if you don't, start building one. For most people, this should be equal to keeping roughly three to six months of living expenses in cash, preferably an interest-bearing savings or money market account, but something that you have immediate access to in case an emergency arises, like an unexpected large expense or a change in your employment circumstances. I do say that this three to six-month target should be adjusted depending upon your personal circumstances. For example, if you have access to a low interest rate home equity line of credit that you can tap into if you need to, perhaps your emergency fund can be on the lower end of the range. But if you're self-employed with cyclical or fluctuating income, you probably want to aim for having a larger emergency fund of maybe 9 to 12 expenses set aside. I would also recommend periodically reviewing the beneficiary designations on all of your retirement accounts and all of your life insurance policies to make sure that they're up-to-date and accurate. And ask each company to provide you with a copy of what they have on file today. Don't just assume you know what they have on file. And don't just assume that the old form that you have in your files is correct. I've had a number of clients over the years tell me who they think is beneficiary on their 401k, but when I press them to produce documentation, they're surprised to find out their ex-wife from their previous marriage is still listed as the beneficiary. So it's really important to actually ask for documentation to confirm. And along those same lines, Make sure to periodically review not just the beneficiaries on your policies, but your actual coverage, too, especially on your insurance policies. Do you have term policies that are going to expire before your kids get through college, you know, you might want to consider getting additional coverage. Do you have disability insurance? Did you know that statistically young people are more likely to get sick or injured and be unable to work than they are to die prematurely? When was the last time you reviewed your homeowner's insurance? If it's been a while and you've done renovations to your home or you've acquired new personal property, you might wanna consider reevaluating your coverage. And what about umbrella liability coverage? If you're asking yourself, what is that? You probably don't have any and it's likely that you should. Umbrella insurance is a type of personal liability insurance that covers claims in excess of your regular homeowners or auto policies. So if someone sues you, Umbrella liability is going to protect the assets you've worked so hard to build. This type of coverage is relatively inexpensive and should definitely be considered by anyone with potential liabilities in their life, like if you have a pool or a trampoline, if there are young drivers in your household, if you employ domestic staff like housekeepers or nannies, or even if you serve on a board or a charitable
0: organization.
1: All of these things can create liabilities uh, in our life.
0: So, Kathleen, I know you've mentioned a lot of things to pay attention to and keep updated. What's the cadence you recommend for you know, updating things like your beneficiary forms or having a relook at these? I know it's easy to be reactive in a situation like we're in right now, or people tend to pay attention to some of this documentation if there's a, a life event change. What's what's the cadence you'd recommend to review these, these different types of documentations and, and some of the plan coverages you have?
1: I recommend reviewing everything at least once a year. Um, for the clients that I meet with on a regular basis, I put it on our meeting agenda at least once a year to make sure we review, um, you know, who the beneficiaries are in your retirement accounts, uh, who the beneficiaries are in your insurance policies. Um, I'm doing a number of different insurance reviews right now for clients uh, that are, you know, stuck at home and now have time to tackle some of these items. So. At least once a year, but I would say more frequently if there's like a big change in your personal circumstances or your or your life that might warrant reviewing these things sooner than you
0: might otherwise. Yeah, it's a good point. That right now is a good time if you if you have some downtime, feeling stuck at home. I, I know you created a, a checklist for for clients that's on our website. So that's a that's a great point. Right now we're dealing with a global health crisis. Is there anything you know? should consider to prepare for for unexpected health issues.
1: Yes, definitely. So as we're all seeing right now, good health is a precious thing not to be taken for granted. But unfortunately, none of us are immortal or immune to all the different things that can make us sick. So, you know, if you do get sick, are you prepared? Uh, Not a lot of people know that according to the Council for Disability Awareness, just over one in four of today's 20-year-olds will become disabled before they retire. And surprisingly, accidents are not usually the culprit. It's things like back injuries, cancer, heart disease, and other illnesses that cause the majority of long-term absences from work. So it's important to think about and prepare for the possibility that something might happen to you. You know, earlier I mentioned disability insurance, but I think it's worth mentioning again you're unable to work due to illness or injury or pregnancy, disability insurance will replace part of your lost income for a specific period of time, which can really help mitigate which could, what otherwise could be a potentially de- financially devastating event. And if something does happen to you, you know, do you have the right legal documents in place? Do you have a will? Do you have a health care proxy? Do you have a durable power of attorney? If you do get sick and are unable to make your own healthcare decisions, the healthcare agent you name in your healthcare proxy will be the one making those decisions for you. So, have you had a conversation with that person regarding what types of decisions you want them to make? The attorney, in fact, that you name in your durable power of attorney is gonna be able to execute financial transactions on your behalf, but do they know how to pay your bills? Do they know how to contact your banker or financial advisor? So if you do unexpectedly have to go to the emergency room or have a severe medical event that happens unexpectedly, you know, do your immediate family members have a list of all your doctor's contact information? Do they know what medications and prescriptions you're taking? Do they know what your allergies are? I suggest keeping an up-to-date summary of your medical information your and your insurance information and your emergency contacts in a place that's easy to find, like on your refrigerator, just in case something happens, somebody can grab it um, and take it with them quite easily.
0: And in addition to yourself, um, I know that this is a topic that is really important for parents who may have children becoming adults, uh, especially if they're planning to leave the ho- the home or live um, outside of your home, say, going to college. Well, while all of that might be really uncertain right now, these are also really important documents that parents should work with their children that are about to become adults, right? To, to get all that in place before they, they leave the home.
1: Yes, most definitely. Once your kid turns age 18 and they're considered an adult, you know, you as a parent don't really have the rights that you, you once did. So I've had a number of clients um, and, and people over the years that I've come in contact with that have learned the hard way that if they're 19 year old who's off at college gets sick you know they've learned the hard way that doctors aren't going to talk to them and release their personal medical information so it is really important if you want to be included in those discussions and you want to have access to um, information due to you know privacy laws your you want to make sure your your children who are no longer considered minors have some of these documents in place to ensure that you know open communication and transparency um, is there and
0: available when you need it. Yeah, another good thing to, to add to the checklist. So I know at Boston Private, we've created a, a workbook that can really help um, manage all of this information. It's called our, our Vital Inventory Manager. So I'm sure you use that tool with a lot of clients. And I think that it's it's something great that you can sit down and work through with your advisor. And it's also really important to include all of the important personal information that someone may need in the event of a a crisis. Um, And it's downloadable on our website. And you can also reach out to to any of your advisors at Boston Private for it. But I think it's also a great tool to sit down with your advisor if you have any questions. And then also work with them to maybe keep that in a secure place or, or so that someone knows where all this vital information is kept.
1: Yep, that's a great point and a great idea.
0: Yeah. So, any other um, tips to share with the folks that are listening in today?
1: Um, Yeah, I do actually have a few other tips, but before I share those, I'm going to take off my financial planner hat and put on my volunteer hat. Um, So, some people know that I've been volunteering with the Red Cross of Massachusetts for the last five and a half years as both a member and um, past president of the Boston area's Vocal Young Professionals chapter. Um, And the Red Cross mission is really to prevent and alleviate human suffering in the face of emergencies. And through my volunteer work with them, I've learned a lot about the steps we can all take to prepare for the unexpected, to ensure that we can get through an emergency safely and comfortably. So I wanna share some of those things that I've learned. Um, The first step, is really to make a survival kit so that you're, you are equipped with the supplies you might need in the event of an emergency or a disaster. Your kit should include things like water, non-perishable food, flashlights, a battery-powered radio, extra batteries, and a first aid kit. You should also have an extra supply of any medications on hand, family emergency contact information, as well as some extra cash. So you wanna make sure you take into consideration the needs of all of your family members. Make sure to pack any extra medical supplies you might need or baby supplies or pet supplies. If you have to evacuate in an emergency, make sure the most important items are packed in an easy to carry kit. Um, This is really important because I think as we've seen over the last couple of months, as um, the shelter in place orders came through, a lot of people went out and started stocking up on a lot of these essential items and these are you know, there are certain things in life we should all keep on hand in the event of an emergency. But then the second step once you have prepare your survival kit is to make sure that you've got a plan with your family or your household. Um, you know, discuss how you would respond to different types of emergencies, whether it's a storm or a hurricane or a home fire or a flood. You need to identify responsibilities for each member of your household and then take time to practice your plan if you had to grab your emergency kit and then evacuate your entire household, including kids and people with mobility issues and your pets, you know, in the event of a home fire, would you be able to do it in two minutes or less? Because that's really the time that you have to escape your home in case of a fire. You know, think through other possibilities. What would you do in case you were separated from your other family members while evacuating? Do you have a designated meeting place? If you can't return to your home right away, do you have everything you might need for the next week? If you have a pet, do you know which hotels are pet friendly in case you don't have another place to stay? Lastly, and I think this is really important, it's just to make sure to stay informed, right? So everybody should know what types of disasters or emergencies are likely to occur in their area, and make sure you know how to protect yourself if one occurs. So for example, here in New England, one of the most common things that we see are hurricanes. So it's important to have an emergency kit on hand and create an evacuation plan for your household. We're also no stranger to the harsh winter storms. So you may also wanna keep an emergency kit in your vehicle in case you are caught in a storm on the road. But those people that are living in California, for example, should know what to do in case of an earthquake, or should be prepared to evacuate in case of a wildfire. Um, It's also really good to make sure one person in your household is trained in first aid and CPR. Um, And last but not least, don't forget to test your smoke alarms. And just keep in mind that the best time to make a plan and prepare for an emergency or a disaster is really before one happens, not while it is happening to you.
0: Great, we're lucky to have your expertise as, as a volunteer in addition to your expertise in financial planning. So listening to this is, is keeping everyone informed. Thanks, Kathleen.
1: You're welcome, thanks, John, for having me. Yeah,
0: so while there's always uncertainty at play, I wanna encourage all of our clients uh, listening today to reach out to your Boston private team with any questions, concerns you may have. Uh, providing guidance and support to you as your trusted advisor is our mission. Um, you can also read the latest perspectives. On BostonPrivate.com, we mentioned the Vital Inventory Manager tool, and then Kathleen also has a a checklist of some of the topics she mentioned today to to run through if you have some downtime and and ways to kind of stay ahead of of this process and planning. So if you want all this information delivered right to your inbox, I encourage you to sign up for our newsletters on BostonPrivate.com, and be sure to subscribe if you've enjoyed our podcast today on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you prefer to listen. So thank you.
2: This podcast is solely for informational purposes and is not a solicitation or an offer to buy any security or instrument or to participate in any trading strategy. The opinions expressed and information contained in this podcast are given in good faith, may be subject to change without notice and are as of the date issued. All sourced information is believed to be reliable but has not been independently verified. This podcast discusses general market activity, industry or sector trends, or other broad-based economic, market, or political conditions, and should not be construed as personalized investment advice. The following does not represent a complete analysis of every material fact with respect to the topics covered herein. All investments carry a risk of loss. Neither BPW nor its investment professionals or representatives provide tax, accounting, or legal advice. Listeners should review any planned financial transactions or arrangements that may have tax, accounting, or legal implications with their advisors. For additional information about us, please refer to our Form ADV Disclosure Brochure, which may be obtained by contacting us at 800-422-6172 or info at bostonprivate.com. Private banking and trust services are offered through Boston Private Bank and Trust Company, a Massachusetts chartered trust company. Wealth management services are offered through Boston Private Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor and wholly owned subsidiary of Boston Private Bank and Trust Company. Boston Private Bank is an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Investments are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, and may lose value.